Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time, game day time. I guess it's more game night time, but it's it's a game played at night, but, but night is still part of what you would call a day. So let's just say it's a football time in Tennessee time, whatever time of day it is, boys and girls. It's the right time for the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio, where I have done horrible intros all week, and that's just how it is. Going to go uh, just uh, across town a little bit, get to uh, a place where we're, we still haven't named where we're going to get to Ben McKee. And since you know this is a late Friday night, early Saturday morning podcast, you know this is a game day edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. And we got a lot to talk about with Akron, um, or maybe not as much with with Akron specifically, but a little bit about Akron and more about Tennessee because the Vols are favored by about a billion points in this game. Benny, my man, how you doing? I'm doing great. Coming to you live from the in-laws as I have taken my son and wife across the border and into the state of Alabama before I return for this lovely under the lights showdown between Tennessee and Akron. Oh, how fun it will be! So you you have crossed uh, the divide. You you have, have you have gone down to uh, what's that called there in. Uh, Korea, what is it, the, the 35th parallel, 34th <laughs> parallel that you've gone down there? You, you've gone down to the you've gone down to the south, uh, the south land, uh, where there's actually, and in fairness, there are a tremendous amount of Tennessee fans in Huntsville, yeah. Alabama. I know it, it's a good, it, it, all the engineers down there, a lot of them came from Tennessee. There's also just a lot of people who are from that area and grew up Tennessee fans. It's, it's an interesting area, beautiful town. It is. I, I do not at all lump Huntsville in. With the rest of the state of Alabama, because <laughs> I, and I'm not saying this because I went to high school here and lived here for six years and my parents still live here, but I thoroughly in, enjoy Huntsville. And aside from the Bammers and the Auburn fans, I mean, it's, it's almost like uh, another portion of Tennessee. It's, it's when you get further south than Huntsville, you get into to Hartsell and, yeah. and Coleman and Decatur and uh, everything below Huntsville, I consider it the armpit of America. There you go. There you go. And uh, Tennessee, without meaning to offend anyone here, might be playing the armpit of FBS football uh, in this in this football game. Tennessee uh, opened as something like a 48, 49 point favorite. The line got to 50. I think it's down to like 47 and a half. Uh, but the bottom line is Tennessee is playing the Akron Zips at 7 p.m. Eastern. Again, this this game is on 
uh, SEC Network Plus, ESPN Plus. You're going to have to stream this game. Every SEC team now with the deal plays one game a year where you stream it. This is Tennessee's game that you stream, which makes sense to me. So, again, make sure if you're just now listening to this podcast, make sure before the game you go through a trial run and you know how to get through SEC Network and, and ESPN Plus and all that um, because you have to sign up through – now, you either pay for ESPN Plus individually or if your normal cable satellite streaming plan comes with SEC Network, then you can log in that way uh, through the ESPN app and you can watch the game that way. But make sure uh, beforehand, so you don't want to be like 7 o'clock and you've, you've had a few cold ones and you're trying to figure out how to do this. You, you don't want to be in that position because you'll, you'll miss – God, with Tennessee's offense in that pace, you might miss two or three scoring drives before you figure it out. So uh, I know a lot of young people are, are wondering why we're talking about this. Uh, this is a generational divide thing. If you're a little bit older, this might be still new to you. So make sure that you know how to do that because you don't want to miss much of this game, Ben, because the starters, I don't know how long they're going to be in. We we will see. Uh, this is a team that just lost 52 to nothing at Michigan State. Uh, last week, this is a team coached by Joe Moorhead, former Mississippi State head coach, and it does have a tremendous amount of Power Five transfers. Uh, a lot of guys, even who started their career in the SEC, uh, so and, and you know Shockey Jock Louis, the or the, the the receiver from Pitt. There, there's some different dudes on this team uh, who have been to to bigger places, but th- this is an Akron team that will be most likely playing with its backup quarterback in this game after the starter, who's a talented kid. Uh, big six foot six uh, JUCO kid. Uh, he he got hurt against Michigan State last week, uh, so might might be tough sledding for the Zips in this one in a, in a Neyland Stadium that's going to have, if the numbers are right, a hundred thousand plus for this game. Correct, but by the time halftime rolls around, I imagine many will be heading for the exits. It's it's just not going to be a very competitive football game, uh, and and I do hate that, and don't mean to disrespect. Akron, but it, it just is what it is. Uh, Tennessee is is in a good spot for as good of a spot as you can be in year two under Josh Heupel, and Akron not in a good spot. Just not not the same level of competition. Uh, I, I would say that Michigan State, different styles of football. Don't get me wrong, but pr- pretty even teams in terms of Michigan State, Tennessee. I would probably fit them in about the same category. And you saw what Michigan State was able to do. Um, to Akron last week, and it, it should be much of the same. And and maybe I'm being too – or maybe my expectations are too high for this Tennessee offense and, and the Tennessee defense as well. But, I, I mean, I, I think it would be kind of crazy if Hendon Hooker plays at all in the second half. I mean, I, I think that this should be I, – I almost think that there should be 35, 42 points up on the board, if not close to 50 – um, from the first half, and, and Joe Milton is the quarterback on, on the first offensive possession for Tennessee out of the locker room. I mean, that, that's kind of what's going through through my mind as we get into this game. I, am I being – are my expectations too high given the level of competition when I say that, Wes? That that Hendon Hooker really – and it's not just Hendon Hooker. I mean, obviously it's Hendon and, and Tillman and all the other starters. I mean, it, it should be the, the twos in there by the time the second half starts. Yeah, and, and again – you know, the only thing that, that I could see that extends this game would be like some Tennessee turnovers or, or, or maybe Akron decides to try taking the air out of the football 
and, and tries to get a couple first downs and really milk some clock and really kind of bleed this game out from, from the outset, maybe that could extend it a little bit. But your point about Michigan State is really, really, really on point, Ben, maybe more so even than you know, because uh, I just read a story recently uh, from one of the Vegas Insider type people who said that uh, if Tennessee and Michigan State played a game on a neutral field today, uh, it would be a pick 'em probably. So that that's about how even they consider them. But you look at it, and and, and by that token, they lost fifty two nothing last week. So then you make Tennessee like a forty seven or, or whatever point favorite to start things, and, and that that's how they did that math basically. But um, I think there also are some sharps that are throwing some money on Akron in this game because it's just such a large point spread. And you think maybe if Tennessee backs off a little bit in the second half, maybe maybe and their defense isn't quite as good as Sparty's, so maybe Akron puts a couple points on the board. So it's it's just a big number. Um, but I don't think your your expectations are totally out of whack there. I mean, DJ, DJ Irons is a kid who maybe could have given Tennessee some fits. I mean, I think the kid was something like – you know, nine of twelve for 130 yards or something uh, against Michigan State before he went out, and then their their backup, uh, who has a great name by the way, uh, Jeff uh, Undercuffler Jr., which is just a absolutely <laughs> absolutely elite name. I want to make sure I'm saying it right. Yes, Jeff Undercuffler Jr. is a six foot five, 240 pound junior who started his career and was the starter at Albany, which a lot of Tennessee fans might remember. They chased that uh, Jared Verse kid out of Albany before he ended up going to Florida State. Uh, so this kid was the starting quarterback there. And a couple years ago at the FCS level, he did throw uh, 41 touchdowns and 10 picks in a season and 3,500 yards. So if you give this guy some time, he can throw the football. You know, he, he's a Division One quarterback, and he's got some receivers who are fairly, fairly talented guys. They're struggling a little bit running the ball, but a couple of those guys are Power 5 transfers. Their O-line has kind of been a work in progress. Tennessee really should own the line of scrimmage in this game. So a long story short, Ben, I don't think that your your take on this is is off is off the mark. I think it it might be like a tad aggressive if I'm being really nitpicky because you never quite know in football. You, you never quite know what's going to happen. Uh, and, and I think that if Tennessee com- is still the kind of team that if it completely dismisses an opponent. It, it can it can take some bruises, but if Tennessee goes out there on point, if they're fired up, which they should be, a night game, a hundred thousand people, the light show, everybody should be ready to go for this one. If they are and they take care of business, then I think you're right on the money. To me, it just comes down to how does Tennessee do what it does. And, and Heupel said that early in the week. He, he started that from the very beginning this week, and it was really smart. And he said, guys, this week is about us. He told that to the team. He said it to the media, which I think, Ben, is the nicest way to say uh, the team we're playing sucks, and so this is about us. Um, but we're not going to say they suck, but we're going to say it in a nicer way. It is. And, look, just just because I say that Tennessee should be – or the starters should be out by halftime, if – if they happen to play the entire third quarter, that doesn't mean that that they're going to turn around and, and lose to Florida or or lose to LSU here in a couple of weeks. I mean, it, it's just it's it's my belief that this is a high powered offense and Akron just can't keep up, especially with a backup quarterback. I mean, th- this game should be over by 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 halftime. I mean, it's really as simple as that. I mean, you look at LSU and how they struggled against Florida State in the opener, and then I don't know the exact score. Um, but at the end of the first quarter against Southern this past weekend, 
the, the LSU offense, who couldn't do anything against Florida State, had like 30 or 40 points up on the board. At, at halftime, it was like 50 to nothing. So um, that, that's just kind of how things go in college football. And uh, even, even for teams that are struggling, like in LSU, the, the talent level is just so different than some of these borderline FCS schools. I know Akron is not an FCS school, but um, they're, they're pretty close to being one. And well, Tennessee just should, quite frankly, dominate them. And, and West. I, it, it's hard to break down this game because it is as simple as this This week is truly all about Tennessee and trying to iron out some of the sloppiness that plagued them at times against Pittsburgh so that it doesn't hurt them against Florida or LSU. Yeah, the last thing I'll, I'll say about Akron before we go to break here and talk more about Tennessee specifically in the second segment is I think – uh, I have to give credit to our, uh, our our degenerate gambler on our staff, Ryan Callahan, who is a is a is a gambling degen, even though he denies it. Uh, he read somewhere or heard, and again, I, I wish that we could source who it was, um, but I honestly, off the top of my head, don't remember. I might go back in and edit this later. But but Ryan was talking about how he read, you know, or, or something from one of the Vegas insider types, who said that if if um, if Akron played like on a neutral field and you pitted them against every FCS team on a neutral field, like 20 FCS teams might be favored over Akron. So, so that maybe puts into perspective what, what this game is. I mean, it's, it's, you could argue that, you know, UT Martin coming in later in the season might in some ways might be a tougher opponent. So, uh, you know, this is a game, at least on paper, uh, and, I, and I think Joe Moorhead's a fine football coach. I think he'll do okay there. I think that's a good hire for them with his SEC experience and Big Ten experience up there at Penn State. But but I think it, it, this is – and I do think from his time at Penn State, he probably does know Tim Banks pretty well. So so maybe he knows a couple of tendencies there that he might be able to, to pop a couple of trick plays or things here and there. Nothing big, but just a couple of things to kind of sting him a little bit. Maybe that could come into play, um, but Ben, this is this. You're right. This is a game that, when you look at it on paper, it's not a fair fight. It's one that it's about what Tennessee does because they're gonna those zips are gonna have to play the game of their lives to to, to put a few points on the board, probably. Right, and and I don't expect Tennessee to play perfect football. Uh, we, we talked in the post game podcast after Pitt that it, it's near nearly impossible to play perfect football at the NFL level and you certainly don't see perfect football at the college level uh, just because of how young these guys are and uh, just at, at that age it's, it's real hard to be consistent in anything that you do because you're growing as a person and so on and so forth so I I, I don't think Tennessee is going to play perfect on offense or defense they'll, they'll do a thing or two that uh, probably shouldn't happen that's just the nature of college athletics but for the most part, this is a game in which Tennessee should just dominate from from start to finish. But I do think you raise a fair point in, in Joe Moorhead. I, I don't know how great of a head coach he's going to be at Akron. His time at Mississippi State did not go well. And that was more of a cultural fit, it, it seemed. But the guy really does know things from an X's and O's standpoint. He's really good at, at the X's and O's side of things. Uh, so I, I would not at all be surprised um, to, to see – Akron pop a big player or two here and there, uh, especially because Tennessee has some guys in the secondary that are vulnerable and not even just in the secondary, but they have a guy at linebacker and Jeremy Banks, who I'm trying to recall off the top of my head. I believe he's given up a catch in 10 of the 11 times he's been targeted in, yeah. in two games so far this season. And like uh, for a 
buck fifty total, like 150 total yards on those catches. And, and what's even more concerning is that after those catches, it, it was like 60, 70 yards of yak as well. Not only is he giving up the catch, but he's not bringing up the bringing down the guy when he is giving up the catch. Yeah, because so, c- c- uh, he's, he's not in position when the when the ball gets there and the correct. guy can leak by him. Correct. And again, Joe Moorhead is good from an X's and O's standpoint. And it, it wouldn't surprise me to see something like that happen, a player two here or there. But, uh, again, Tennessee's a really good football team. We're, we're going to find out how good they are when, when Florida comes to town and when they go to Baton Rouge. Uh, and, and I just expect them to, to dominate uh, an inferior opponent because that's what good teams do. Agreed. So we got more to discuss about Tennessee and what success in a game like this looks like, you know, because it's not just necessarily the score. It's maybe about other things. So what other things are we looking for from Tennessee in this game? We're going to tell you that, uh, what we think anyways. But before we do that, we are overdue slightly for a break. We're going to step away, pay some bills, listen to product services, in-house ads, etc., and then we'll be right back here on the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Hashtag ad. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Chilling new original docuseries on Paramount Plus. Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control all desire. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago during that commercial break. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ben McKee coming to you from uh, his in-law's house down there in the Huntsville area of North Alabama. He will be uh, heading back up the highway to Knoxville with us to, to cover the game on Saturday, obviously. Duh. Who would want to miss this barn burner between the University of Tennessee and the University of Akron at 7 p.m. Eastern on uh, streaming it on SEC Network Plus, ESPN Plus, as we discussed in the first segment. Uh, so lots more to discuss about this game, what it looks like for Tennessee, what success looks like, etc. Before we do that, though, just a, a quick, quick um, uh, request from our end. Let's call it a request from our end. I think that's a good way to put it, guys. If you could take about a minute out of your day, maybe 60, 75, 90 seconds tops, uh, go in there and uh, subscribe to this podcast and rate and review this podcast. We would appreciate that quite a bit. We would we would appreciate that tremendously. Uh, if you're just listening on the website, that's fine. We still love you. There's no wrong way to consume this podcast. What helps us out the most, though, is if you go in there, and, and we're everywhere, right? We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Anywhere in the world you can cast a fine pod, you can find this Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. 
<coughs> excuse me, and we're happy to do it. It's a labor of love. No problems from our end. No, uh, very, very, very few complaints. I never want to say no complaints because because that's life. But but very few complaints. We'd love to do this labor of love. But since we're doing it for free, I don't think it's uh, untoward at all uh, to to politely suggest uh, that you go in there and subscribe, rate, and review, and also uh, just tell some friends. Good old fashioned uh, telling people stuff. That still works too. If you got uh, Tennessee fans uh, that that are in your family, uh, that that you work with, that you you know see at church, or maybe you walk your dog at the same park, maybe you uh, play golf, uh, maybe whatever you do. If you got Tennessee fans around you, just tell them that they might appreciate this podcast. And if you don't have any friends, uh, just tell the people who happen to be standing around you at any given time, and say to them, "I wish you were my friend because I don't have friends." But anyway, you're wearing orange. I think you might like the Go Vols twenty four seven podcast. If you're doing some or all of those things, thank you. We love you. If not, I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Ben, back to football. This is a game that we have discussed pretty thoroughly, as thoroughly as necessary in the first segment, that Tennessee needs to take care of business from a score standpoint. And whether they cover or not, Whatever. The the bottom line is, as long as it's a comfortable game in the end, it's not that big of a deal. You just want to make sure that you're not sweating anything in the second half, even if it's just like a 30-point game or whatever it is. You want to make sure you're not sweating too much in the second half of this game. But what does success look like for Tennessee in this game? If you, Ben McKee, were a player or a coach or a coordinator, something at Tennessee, what would success look like for you in this game? Clean football. That, that's that's what I want to see. I, I just want to see clean football. Uh, I, I don't want to see drops. Uh, I don't want to see busted assignments, which I, I thought that was something that was key that Josh Heupel pointed out earlier this week. When, when Tennessee did struggle on offense against Pittsburgh, it, it wasn't because guys were not doing what they were supposed to do. It, it was more so physical mistakes, which happen in sports at the professional level. At the college level, high school level, it, it wasn't guys not blocking who he is supposed to be blocking. It, it wasn't a receiver running the wrong route. It was it was a running back fumbling. It was a receiver not catching the ball. It was an offensive lineman just not winning his one-on-one matchup. It, it was Hendon not making as good of a throw as he is capable of. So I think that's a, a good sign. Uh, and if anybody has any concerns with the offense going forward, I think that should reassure them that, that the offense is perfectly fine. That, that happens in every sport at, at every level. And Josh Heupel pointed that out, that, that it, it, wasn't, it wasn't missed assignments. And, and that's what coaches care about the most. They, they can live – obviously, they're not going to be happy, but, but they, can, they can live with a guy just physically messing up. But if you – if you make mental mistakes, that that is how you're not going to get on the field and, and how you irritate your coach the quickest. So if, if I'm a coach, offense, defense, special teams, so Tim Banks, Josh Heifels, the, 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 the coordinators, that, that's what I want to see. I, I don't want to see penalties. I, I don't want to see mental errors. I want to see my guys locked in because, uh, again, they, they do have some some kinks that they need to iron out. They're, they're not huge kinks. Uh, I, I think on paper Tennessee is better than Florida. I think Tennessee is better than LSU. You can probably get away with playing a little bit of sloppy football against those two teams and, and still win. 
but you don't want to put yourself in position to have to overcome adversity that is self-inflicted. So uh, again, last week was a great win, absolute great win, but there are things to clean up that you, you just don't want to play with fire over the course of the season. You want, you want to clean it up and be playing your best football next week when Florida comes to town, when you go to Baton Rouge, because man, I tell you what, if, if Tennessee could be five and zero going into Alabama, obviously I don't think there's there's going to be an expectation to beat Alabama, but and even an Alabama side, just being five and zero, I mean it, it changes the complete outlook of of what Tennessee's final record is going to be because you, you do get Kentucky, although a good team, coming to Neyland Stadium, Missouri's not all that, South Carolina's not all that, you still got Vandy. I mean you're looking at a, a legit. I would almost say definitive nine wins and outside of Alabama, Georgia, I mean, it, it's very possible you get to 10 wins and, and maybe an 11th in a bowl game. So I know I'm getting way out in front of my skis, but the point that I'm making is that you need to clean up some of the, the things that plagued you during pit. That way you're not playing with fire and just sitting around waiting it to bite you in the bud. Just, just nip it in the bud and, and go play clean football. And if you do that, then, you are better than Florida and LSU, and, and, and you'll win if, if you play your best in, in clean football. So that's what I want to see. I just want to see the guys locked in if I'm a coach. And, uh, again, no mental mistakes. That That's the thing that I would be harping on. Be locked in and no mental mistakes. See, I, I, I would uh, – football to me, it's not necessarily about, you know, is Team X better than Team Y. It, to me, it's how Team X matches up with Team Y. And I know that Kentucky – uh, went down to Florida and won that game. But I still like how Tennessee matches up with Kentucky in, in some ways better than I do Florida um, because I don't – I worry about that that matchup with Richardson. I don't know – Tennessee Tennessee's going to have to spy him, obviously, and, and I don't know uh, still if they spy him athletically. I think sometimes at linebacker and safety, those, there's some issues there. Uh, in terms of getting that dude on the ground. So I, I think Tennessee is going to have to whip Florida up front to win that game. I think it can do that. I, I think that shouldn't be an issue. I think it can score points against Florida. It's just going to be about uh, self-inflicted mistakes. Can you cut those out, and uh, can you play through some of those mistakes when you do make them? Because you want to you reduce them, but they're never, you're never going to eliminate them. So, so, so being able to overcome them. And then number two, what can you do with Richardson when he gets out of the pocket? Because he's going to get out of the pocket – and there, I have concerns about that, but but that's we'll have a whole week to talk about that, and that's going to be fun because there are a lot of interesting matchups uh, in that game, and a lot of recruiting battles too that have come down to to those two teams in some ways. There are lots of fun things to discuss about that game. It's Tennessee, Florida, um, but for Tennessee going into the Akron game to get ready for Florida, I think you hit on all the points that I would have discussed. I, I think for me, you want to play clean football, but as much as that, you want to play intense football. You know, you don't need to go out there like it's uh, the Super Bowl, but you need to go out there and take the game seriously uh, because if you're not, you might get off some of your rhythm and you might get hurt because if you slow up a little bit and you don't have your normal intensity, a lot of times that's when guys get hurt. So go out there, play a good, clean, hard football game, execute, execute, uh, Cut out as much pre, pre-snap pre stuff as you can. Uh, don't be missing too many tackles. Uh, make sure you get your assignment down because if you just get your assignment down and you make a physical mistake, you can correct those things usually unless you're just not athletic enough. And, and that shouldn't be – Tennessee might be out-athleted at times against really good teams, but it, it, it's not like Tennessee doesn't have athletes. Tennessee has athletes, guys who are capable of doing those things. 
they just in some situations have to do it very, very crisply because they're playing guys who might be more athletic than them. But uh, in terms of, like, for instance, if you're Hendon Hooker and your eyes are exactly where they need to be, you make the appropriate read, and like for him, it's the footwork sometimes, right? And your footwork's a little bit off or you rush a throw or, you know, you just sail a little bit because you didn't have your feet set because he's not a Mahomes or Rodgers. His feet need to be sort of relatively set when he's throwing the ball, I think, to be really accurate. But if he does that and he makes the right read and his eyes are where they're supposed to be, you can live with that because you can clean up the footwork and then that throws right on the money and then you're going. If if you're compiling that by not being having your eyes in the right place, being indecisive, not seeing the field correctly, not calling out the right blitzer, things like that, if you're the center and you're not properly identifying the mic and the strong side and doing other things like that, those are the kind of things – uh, that as a coach will drive you nuts. Those are the kind of things that Tennessee, if you just clean up things and make sure they're good before the snap and you know where you're supposed to be, uh, then you can overcome a lot of things because that's just physical tweaks here and there. So I, I think I think this is a fairly mature football team, Ben, and I do expect it to come out here and, and take this game seriously because if I'm being honest with you, I, I don't think these guys have won enough to be too arrogant. I think they're starting to get a little little high on themselves, but I don't think it's like at a sickening level or anything. I think it's I think it's at a you can't speak for every player, but I think generally speaking, this team is a pretty mature team that knows where things stand. Right, absolutely, uh, and and I think they've taken on the personality. We always say they take on the personality of the head coach, and I do think that this team has done that. But I also think that they're taking on the personality of their quarterback, too. I think Hendon Hooker's voice just weighs so heavy in, in that locker room, as, as well as Cedric Tillman's. Uh, and, and I would say Byron Young's. Yep. Uh, th- those guys are the prominent ones to me that stand out uh, just looking from the outside in. And, and I know there's other guys, Jalen McCullough, Trayvon Flowers, guys who have been there a while, Jerome Carvin. Um, but I think Tillman and definitely Hooker's voice are, are the two loudest uh, in that locker room, as you would expect. And uh, in terms of having some humbleness in them, yes, they see, I, I view them as confident. Uh, and, and I think you do the same, or I think you yeah. do as well. Yeah. Um, they, they, and you need to be confident in this sport. You need to be confident in any sport you exactly. play in order to have success. But it, it, there, there's a difference in, in being confident and, and letting it get to your head. And as a Steelers fan, I know no better example than Antonio Brown. He, he was the most electrifying football player for so many years because of his confidence and, and the confidence and the preparation that he had done. But then when things started to go sideways for him, it's because the, that confidence be, became more arrogance and, and, and cockiness uh, and, and the the realm that you don't want it to creep into and he spiraled out of control i think that this team does a good job of striking that balance because of Hendon hooker and, and how he is able to to keep uh an even head uh he's always even killed he's always doing what he's supposed to be doing and, and not really out there uh on social media or super flamboyant and there's there's nothing wrong with being flamboyant but I also do like Kenan Hooker's approach of just kind of being silent and going about his work and doing what needs to be done and, and doing what needs to be or saying what needs to be said amongst his teammates. So uh, I do think that this group is confident, but I don't think that they've necessarily reached a bad point uh, with their confidence. And I know you're not saying that at all, 
But I, I'm just more so pointing out Hendon Hooker's leadership and, and how I think that this team will really be served well by Hendon's leadership throughout the season. Yeah, every player is and sh- or at least should view themselves as a brand, and there's multiple ways to get from point A to point B for your brand. You can be outlandish, um, you know, like some of the, the streamers and other people in this era, some of the, the TikTok generation and all that, or you can be a little more old school like Hendon Hooker and go about it that way. Either way, as long as you're getting from point A to point B, uh, you know you're you're doing what you, what's supposed to be doing, and you're being true to yourself while you're doing it. So as long as you're true to yourself and you're not a prick for no reason, then then whatever, man. Uh, as long as you're focused when when the ball is snapped, as long as you're focused going to the stadium uh, when when you need to be there, that that's all good. Some some of the best players are guys who, um, you know, you might think they're a space cadet, but the second they go between the white lines, dude, they're locked in. Uh, and there's something to to be said for that. And I think you got to be locked in if you're Tennessee in this game because if you go out there, take care of business, you can get some guys in the game. And this is my last point that, that you, you really would like to see because we keep talking about does Tennessee have any more options in the secondary? Does Tennessee have you know another option or so at linebacker occasionally? Does Tennessee have um, maybe a couple more options at receiver so those guys aren't playing a billion snaps every single game? This is a game where if you get those guys some reps, all of a sudden you can't use that as an excuse anymore. They haven't had SEC reps necessarily or, or Power Five reps, but you they've gotten some reps against you know in real games against real teams. And I think there there's some guys at corner, some guys at, at safety, uh, some guys in the secondary in my mind in particular, but maybe some other places too, where it would be good to get them some snaps. It would be good to get them uh, get out there, get their feet wet, see what they can do, see what they do when a couple of little bullets are flying here and there. Uh, to me, that's kind of what I want to see in this game. I want to see them take care of business, get to a point where they can sort of empty the bench and play some of these guys, and let's see what they can do. Because uh, you want to go out there and play your system, whether it's offensive or defensively, in my opinion, it's not rubbing it in a team's face if you are still playing your same exact system, even with the tempo, as long as you're not doing it with starters. So I think getting some some quality twos and threes, some reps – I think that would be a really, really big thing for Tennessee, not just for this game, but I think it could be super important moving forward this season and beyond. I completely agree. And we, we've spent this podcast kind of previewing the game from a coach's standpoint with, with especially me, uh, different coaching cliches of just wanting to see the guys play clean football and, and, and be locked in and, and don't make mental mistakes. But Aside from that, really diving into to the personnel, because I, I think that's what these type of games are, are more about for the superior team, which is obviously Tennessee, is the personnel. Who, who is playing? Who is getting needed reps? Do they try new things out? You know, so on and so forth. Just, just making sure that everybody can play. And I, I'll be real curious to see what the personnel looks like uh, later today, uh, later tonight, I guess. I, I don't think that we're really going to see – there's nothing that I really want to see on the offensive side of the ball in terms of personnel. I, I just kind of think the offense is what it is uh, in terms of personnel, and they're perfectly fine. The, the receiver depth is an interesting question after they only played three against Pittsburgh. And, and I do believe what Alex Golish and Josh Heupel was saying, that the, the game dictated – only playing three receivers that because Narduzzi was loading the box, you were going to have to win out on the perimeter. And and that's why they went with the guys that they did McCoy Tillman Hyatt. But I also think that it is also telling 
that you needed the perimeter guys to win in order to win the game, and you only rode three guys. I, I, I do think, on the other hand, that is pretty telling as, as well. But the point that I'm making is there will be a bunch of receivers that play this weekend, but we're not going to learn anything about the receiver rotation and, and if they're truly going to play more than three guys. We'll learn that next weekend against Florida. We'll yeah, learn that yeah, when and, they and, go to yeah, what Baton I mean, Rouge. Yeah, what I mean is just in terms of, of – getting them some reps that are going to help them moving forward because it, you need regardless of who the competition is you got to start somewhere right right no i i absolutely agree i, I was more so speaking to the point of i i'm not really intrigued by any personnel in this particular game on the offensive side of the ball i, I don't think there's going to be much new on the offensive side of the ball, other than the fact that you're going to play guys that don't typically play because you're playing Akron. Whereas on the defensive side of the ball, I, I think there are, are bigger question marks and, and really in the secondary, uh, that corner spot opposite of Kamal Haddon, Christian Charles sounds like he's going to get an opportunity to play more. And, and he certainly deserves it. He, he just in that ball state game, he, he just looked inexperienced. And, and the only way that you're going to correct that, is by getting him experience, and and you do do you do do that against <laughs> teams like Akron. So I expect Christian Charles to play. I I think D Williams. I think there's a solid chance that he plays. I, I don't think that that decision has been made, but I do think there's some increased optimism there. Uh, and it's also a big game for Warren Burrell. I, I know it's Akron, and he won't necessarily get the fans off his back until he goes and plays well against Florida and LSU. But I I it sounds like. Tennessee's looking for a, another solution opposite of Kamal Haddon. And if Warren Burrell doesn't pick it up, Christian Charles or D. Williams is going to take his spot. So those three, I, I think it's a big game for them. I, I'm also curious to see, Wes, Josh Josephs this game. Uh, a lot of talk about him at the end of fall camp, and, and he played early and often against Ball State in the opener, but you didn't see him at all against Pittsburgh. So how has he worked in? So I'm, I'm, I'm just more fascinated with the personnel on the defensive side in this game because I think there's more questions on the defensive side with this football team at the moment. You said doo-doo. <laughs> and I think Did that I really? is yeah, – oh, yeah, and I love it, and I love it. And I, and I think that is probably the best way that we could possibly end this podcast is you talking about doo-doo. I think that's – you know, we're, we're both the, the fathers of uh, young children, and uh, we're, 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 our world is a sea of doo-doo. So we're going to end it on that, I think, unless you got anything else. No, I'm good. I'm, I'm ready to – I never take Saturdays for granted because we only get 12 of them. But I, I'm ready to get this game in the books and turn the attention to Florida because it is – it's going to be a madhouse next Saturday, Neyland Stadium. I'm going to be sold out and liquored up. It's, it's going to be a fun one next Saturday. So I'm just ready to get to Florida week. And, again, as a reminder, Ben said doo-doo. So we're going to end it on that. Thanks, buddy. Safe travels. Get back up here. Thanks, Wesley. There's that button. And now – I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Guys, thank you. Thank you for listening. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. Patrick Brown is P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. You can also go uh, to twitter.com slash govals247 and facebook.com slash govals247 to get 
all of the stuff there or most of the stuff there we got stuff on there that we update throughout the day all day every day tons of stuff on there all good stuff but if you want that best most delicious that sparkling delicious crystal clear east tennessee smoky mountain spring water right from the tap go directly to goballs247.com the best site on all of al gore's internets to get coverage of tennessee football football recruiting basketball basketball recruiting tennessee baseball coverage we cover tennessee baseball better than anybody out there we got that for you we got lady vols coverage with award-winning maria cornelius who covers all things lady vols for us you also get administration news basically anytime anything happens over there at the University of Tennessee, we bring it to you at GoVols247.com. We also have two forums that run around the clock, the Checkerboard and the Summit, where you can go and discuss uh, anything you want that is not political or religious in nature, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and we will be there to discuss it with you. Just about one of us is up just about all the time, at least, so you can go in there and do that. And you can get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, and that's after a free trial. And that's always. A lot of times we have better deals than that, but at least we have the seven-day free trial, and then you can start paying us. And when you start paying us, again, which is less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month, if you do that, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, which is the streaming arm of CBS, Viacom, Paramount, all of it. Get all of it right there. And it's, I mean, you got stuff, brand new movies, exclusive movies, exclusive shows, you get stuff from the vaults of uh, Smithsonian, Nickelodeon, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, all of it. And obviously everything CBS has ever done commercial free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we'll put in your pocket for nothing. For nothing. So we're giving you several hundred dollars worth of stuff for less than 100 bucks a year. Guys, that is an unbelievable deal. So please, this is a great time. Go take advantage of of that now uh, if you haven't heard from us uh, from a couple days there's been a problem we should be back here uh in, in a couple days or so you'll hear from us very very shortly until then guys be good to each other be decent to each other please there's not nearly enough of that in our world anymore god we are so mean to each other have some basic human empathy allow people their dignity try to be kind be good to each other until then be good guys see you You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.